0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to More to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. I will every single time
1: I just have the impulse to say hi, Haley, because I'm listening <laughs> to you and I know that the response is hi, Tara. And I just like, I don't know why I have to think about that so hard. That is... That says a lot about my broken little brain. That's um. <laughs> okay. We still love you for your broken little brain. Thank you. Well, speaking of my broken little brain, I was trying really, really hard to make a joke work at a wedding I went to over the weekend. One of my friends from college was getting married, and mm-hmm. it was a Jewish, Jewish sherm. <laughs> I swear to God, I cannot say this. Jewish ceremony. That was really there hard to say. It is. say. Say that five times fast. Yeah. But there was a huppah, and it was just like beautiful. Like there's just something so romantic. Mm. Like they had modernized it a little bit, mm-hmm. but there's just something so romantic about like the tradition that they had like used in their family, and like it was involved in like the design of the huppah. Mm-hmm. And like I turned to the, my friend who. I went to college with that was next to me and I was like oh do you think that Luke made the hopa she did not know the joke she'd never seen Gilmore (gasps) Girls before (laughs) and I was like oh man okay if any of like our besties here had like been sitting next to me and heard this joke it would have been lol you know yeah you would have gotten it 100 percent. just a silly little joke um she didn't get it so I like tucked that away in my little heart you know was like okay I'm gonna save that for someone who's gonna get it and I told a friend who I like swore this person had seen Gilmore Girls before Mm -hmm. and I said it to them and they were like What? And I'm like, oh, I think I'd seen that show before. (laughs) And I was like, oh god, okay. And so this is when I should have given up. This is when my brain's broken because you know, like (laughs) once a joke doesn't work once, you're like, maybe you have a second shot at it. Yeah. And the second time, you're like, okay, this is for sure not right anymore. But I was like, the next person who I was like in a different group with, they weren't going to all stand together and be like, did Haley try and tell you that joke? I was like, have you seen Gilmore Girls? And they were like, no.
0: And you were like, okay, a swing and a miss. This is dead.
1: The funny thing is, is the bride... Would have gotten it, and she would have found it funny. But at that point, I was just like too, you know, too deep into it that yeah, I was, you're like, like I have I to, have to make this dead joke and work. gone and buried. Yeah, so I like gave up on it after that point because like I was like I decided I just have to like start with the basis of like no one's seen this show because I think I've gotten too comfortable because before like my TikTok and before this podcast, I didn't really talk to many people about how obsessed I was with Gilmore Girls. No right. one really knew. I hid that for a long time. Wow. Um. So now I've gotten too comfortable with it because yeah. I have all these like. Like new friends, such as yourself, and such as like all of our listeners who like talk to me about it all the time. Yeah. That when I went back into the real world and made Gilmore Girls joke and no one got it,
0: I was like, Oh dear, oh (laughs) no, what have I done? What have I done? You know, it's it's so funny. I. I kind of overcorrect when it comes to Gilmore Girls because I just assume no one has seen it until they're like, oh my God, I love Gilmore Girls. I That's don't what know I should have done. When <laughs> I started doing this, but it's so funny. The other day, I was with my friend Ashley. She was back in the city very briefly, moving out of her place, and she's co starring right now in that television show Indeed. Walker with Jared Padalecki. And so she was asking me what I was up to because she knew that I was closing my. Broadway show this week. I just closed Mrs. Doubtfire. And she was like, you know, so what's next? And I was like, well, I have this podcast. And you know what's so funny is like the reason that I started this podcast is because I was on TikTok talking about a show that has a character in it that I don't like that is played by Jared Padalecki. She goes, oh, yeah, Dean. When I met him on set the first day, I looked at him and I said, just so you know, I'm team Jess. What did he say? He said, me too.
1: (laughs) yes oh my god He's a Milo fan. He totally is.
0: And we love that about Jerry. We love him for that. It's so funny that I just assumed she had never seen it. I was like, I'm sorry I just talked to you like you didn't know what Gilmore Girls was. Because like her, her mom, and then her friend who was also there to pick up furniture, they were like, oh my god, Gilmore Girls. Yeah, Dean sucks. Blah, 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 blah. It was so funny that it just like started this conversation. But I always assume people haven't seen it. I kind of talk to people like they're four. And I'm like, <laughs> so there's this show. It's called Gilmore Girls, you know? And then they're like, yeah, Tara, of course I seen Gilmore Girls. But it's so fascinating to me that there are people out there who have not seen the show.
1: Yeah, that's usually the case for me. Wow. It's all like I'm I'm very much the opposite where I'm like, oh, you know, a podcast about Gilmore Girls. And they're like, I
0: think I've seen that. Or- I don't know what I would have done in that case either. I would have been just yeah. surrounded by by muggles who didn't know what Gilmore Girls was. Truly. I ran into a lot of Gilmore Girls muggles.
1: Okay. And I tried to make this joke about the hoppa
0: because Luke built Lorelai a Hooppa. Yeah. And speaking of weddings... June third just just passed just us passed.
1: by. And as you can tell from the title of this episode, we're talking today about Luke and Laurel.
0: Yes. And how their wedding was not on June 3rd. Do not save the date. I loved your TikTok that you put out. Happy anniversary to everybody except for these two. A
1: lot of people are confused. They're like, I thought we liked them. I was like, that's not the thing. That's not the problem. That's not the
0: point of this TikTok. We do like them. They just didn't get married on June 3rd. They were supposed to. Hello. Do we like them? Well, that's the topic of today.
1: In some ways, yes, because I change my mind about Luke Danes every single day Mm. of the week. Mm -hmm. You know, if you talk to me tomorrow about Luke this would be an entirely different episode this would be an entirely different conversation because I can never make my mind up about if someone is like super passionately in love with Luke and they're talking to me about it I can get on board I can be there yeah I'm like you know what you're right Luke is great yeah the moment that someone is like has anything bad to say about Luke I'm like you're right as well and I'm jumping ship
0: like Mm. I
1: can I've never been able to make up my mind about him I think it's because I really liked Lorelai but you know like I'm a Logan Huntsberger girly so like I grew up, you know focusing on one specific aspect of the show that I never really got as interested in her love interest and I think that extends to Luke that like any day of the week I'm gonna have a different opinion about him. Interesting. But speaking of um, having a different opinion every time I talk about him, this is the second attempt at this episode for the both of us. Um.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. So we actually recorded like almost the entirety of this episode last week. it was almost done. And then uh, Tara, that's me, I uh, (laughs) splashed a little bit of wine on my computer and it died. Just a
1: little baby bit. It was a
0: little baby bit and it died. So I had to order a completely new computer to get y'all an episode this week because we love you. Love is buying an entirely new computer to make sure you have a podcast out for your friends on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, because we know our besties would be sad without one. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested. I mean, to be fair,
0: I really don't remember.
1: I don't what either, which I think episode. is I
0: think is a good thing. I think it's for the best, but I
1: bet everything that I said in that episode is maybe not going to be said today because I probably have a completely different opinion about Luke three days later after having just talked
0: about it so (laughs) yeah yeah I can understand that you have you have a very very interesting stance though on the Luke and Lorelai relationship that I would say is not very common within the fandom or maybe it is I we haven't really we we took a little survey on our close friend story on Instagram and got some pretty standard responses about Luke and Lorelai's relationship but your take on them is a little bit different because the question that we asked
1: was if Lorelai and Luke were better as friends mm-hmm. or if they were meant to be together forever and it was 80-20 that they were meant to be together forever and 20% that they were better as friends and I fall into the better as friends category yeah what about you what is yours Are you, like, a Luke and Lorelai fan? Like, not, like, super passionate, but, like, is that, like, the the
0: couple of your choosing? It's interesting because you posing that question sort of has me wondering if it's, like, a nature versus nurture thing. Like, was I ingrained to believe that these two people belong together because that was the writing of the show? Like, it was spoon-fed to us from the very beginning. From the very first episode, it was very clear That there was something sizzling between them. Yeah, exactly. And so I feel like as an audience, we love to root for characters like Luke and Lorelai to end up together because they're kind of an unlikely pair. Like when you really think about it and pull it all apart, they're not two people that I would instantly, without the chemistry that was written in or without like I said kind of the spoon-fed conversation amongst all of the characters and really in those first couple seasons it's everybody else talking about the two of them. Lorelai brings something up loosely and Luke like kind of tries to ask her on a date but it's more of like chatter from Emily, Suki, Miss Patty, the town kind of narrating for us like oh those two there's something going on there yeah but we see it. oh of course yeah it's it's there it's right in front of our faces yeah. but I think that we were more zeroed in on Rory's relationships personally or at least I was but
1: yeah I think it being talked about is sometimes why I don't really understand it because I understand like you know like the grumpy sunshine trope of like the grumpy diner owner and like she's the sunshine of his life like mm-hmm. that's kind of like a common thing so like that makes sense like this love was so unexpected but It's like, yeah, but like you're following the tropes that have been written since. The dawn of tropes. We
0: are always seeing a friends to lovers theme yeah. in, especially in television.
1: Yeah, and I think that the thing is, is like, I don't really like friends to lovers, especially when it's set up like this. Like, is it real that like everyone is telling you that you're supposed to be with this person, but then like when it actually happens, you're like surprised by it that yeah. like the person that you're meant to be with has been like right in front of you this whole time. That's why I'm always like, I don't know. Yeah, there was a lot of like realistic obstacles keeping them in their way. Realistic being other men Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i always feel like their friendship was like isn't it an ariana grande song like let's ruin the friendship like you know friends and we're gonna be lovers now I really feel like that's what happened I feel like they had a really good friendship regardless of like the nature of it
0: well that was gonna be my follow-up question like why do you think they were such close friends was it fueled by feelings
1: that was a thing it's like do you think that Luke and Lorelai's friendship would have been as like you know connected intense like they had a bit of an intense friendship like a strong connection if Luke hadn't had such strong feelings for Lorelai like do you think that like they would have had like
0: a very strong platonic friendship. I don't know that they could have been friends. Like, if you think about what could have been with, say, him and Rachel or her and Max, it's like, would they have been able to be close when they each had significant others? Because they were still friends when they each had other romantic aspirations but it was always kind of like bristly there was yeah and also bristly from their partners max did not like luke's relationship with her christopher of course grows to not like luke's relationship with lorelei nicole did not like lorelei like rachel i think was the only one that actually got to know lorelei and wanted to know about her but was very very honest with herself like there's another woman in your life there she is exactly
1: I think had they like ended up with other people we still would have had that like you know like diner patron relationship that they had yeah Yeah, I think that he probably still would have like on her birthday like had her make a list of things to fix around the house like begrudgingly by her partner like accepting it but like I think that a lot of the reason that their friendship even exists is because like Luke seems to have like really like deep-seated feelings from the very beginning from the get-go that like drove their friendship that I think later on he couldn't really live up to but then Lorelai seems to like have them but like only intermittently kind of like you know it just seems like maybe this like this like foreshadowing almost like it didn't seem like the connection was quite there on her end like she was never really available mm. and then once she was she finally saw it and was like able to get to it but I think a lot of
0: their friendship was like it was Luke's end and I mean Lorelai
1: did you know she did help him out a lot yeah but, but
0: it like, was a little imbalanced I think so if we were to make a pro-con list like Rory yeah. <laughs> like if we were to weigh out how often Luke was there for Lorelai versus that being reciprocated I would say that he was there for her a lot more like he was more of a pillar in her life than she was in his but that's also because I don't think that Luke liked to accept help from anybody and Lorelei is not like that either but for whatever reason Luke is a person she'll allow in when it comes to help
1: I think that's for him as well like begrudgingly but he like lets her come into his life and like like paint the diner mm-hmm. which like that was why he was so let down by that is because, like, he he
0: loved her. And, like, well, and he doesn't let people help him. He also doesn't let people, like dictate how he does things and he was very okay with leaving his diner as is she's like no you need a spruce you need to spruce up the place i'm gonna help you
1: but i feel like early on because like their friendship is definitely marked from like season one to like the episode after he gets divorced so like luke can see her face in season four Mm -hmm. there's something brewing beneath the surface but like i think that a lot of the moments can be defined by like there's a flirtiness and then like true friendship But I still never can
0: tell, like, if the friendship is, like, fueled by feelings. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, like, a flirty moment is when he makes Santa burger personally or like the deck of cards mm. and double date before he tries to ask her out i think that these are moments where it's like he's not
0: doing that with just anybody yeah there's other moments that feel like friend moments
1: but like those two felt like these are flirty things but like immediately after santa burger she gets the call that her father's in the hospital mm-hmm. and he's like diner's closed we're going i'm taking you to the hospital that's not flirting no <laughs> that's friendship that's you need help right now and i'm gonna take you because we know luke is such an acts of service guy totally that is that his is love is totally him. and i feel like another friendship moment that like for me is like the friendship moment which i already mentioned was the chuppah mm-hmm. when he builds the chuppah for her and max's wedding i still think it's fueled by the fact that he really loves her yeah. but the option is To be grumbly and not be in her life because he can't have her, or give her this kind of like, you know, olive branch of like, I am building something for you and your partner to use for your wedding, Mm -hmm. showing you that I'm okay with this, even if I'm not okay because I'd rather have you in my life.
0: Yeah, it comes from a place of acceptance for sure. And
1: I think that that's where Luke's friendship really lies. And what's interesting about this, like, whole moment is that it's that conversation that they have on the steps that really confirms for her that she's not going to marry Max. Because Emily kind of sowed the doubts at the bachelorette party Mm -hmm. that we talked about in the last episode of, like, she wanted to try on her dress every night. Like, she really loved Richard, and Lorelai didn't want to try on her dress. But then when she's talking to Luke, he's talking about, like, that one person, like, who won't make you eat French food and won't make you change, but just, like, as long as you found that one person, he could get married. And I don't think that she sees Max in that. And that's, I think, what ultimately... Emily and Luke, those two people who are so similar in her life, are the two people who like ultimately accidentally convinced her to run away from the marriage.
0: And it's a foreshadowing moment from a yeah. narrative perspective because literally the last shot before we cut to the next scene is the two of them standing under the hoopah.
1: One of my favorite moments in that scene is when she's like, "Is it okay that like Max and I aren't Jewish like to use this?" And he goes, "It's okay by me."
0: And I made <laughs> Which was it just not
1: her question, <laughs> but it just always makes it. Me- she's like, "No, like it's God Nobody- going like manually, <laughs> Like are we
0: gonna get struck by lightning?" <laughs> yeah, this is offensive. <laughs> it's okay by Luke. It's fine. <laughs> I do agree. I think that it was a really sweet, again, like symbol of acceptance on his end of like, okay, you're going to do this? Or are you really serious about this? He spends those first few episodes of season two being like, all right, well, where are you going to live? You're going to still work? Yeah. You're going to have more kids? Where's the coupon drawer? Coupon cans, not as good as a coupon drawer. He really, really drills the question of like, is this the guy? I really like how honest they are in that next
1: conversation that they're having on the stairs of like, she's like, I know you don't like Max. And he's like, I don't not like him. She's like, yeah, you don't because of all these things that he was saying. And it's just like there was like this weird sort of honesty that really didn't always exist in their relationship that like in that moment, like I just like that he was kind of "Eh, whatever, kind of open about the fact that he wasn't a huge fan, but like he was always going to be her huge fan. But other men kept getting in the way because Luke Luke was pretty like, you know, I feel like even keeled the whole time, even when he was with other people, he was always showing up for Lorelai first. But Lorelai always had other relationships she had max that ended she then had kind of christopher yeah
0: season two was very very filled with a christopher roller coaster because i feel like season two for
1: luke and lorelei is more so about jess and like the opposite ends that they fall on with jess because i think that's kind of more luke's storyline as the jess how many times can i say jess say it two more times the span of the- <laughs> jess <laughs> jess thanks for the variation on that i like that <laughs> You're welcome. But that his storyline, it's kind of like about the two of them. And with Lorelai, it's less like we get a little bit of the, like, you know, flirtiness, but it's more about the tension of Jess's presence. Sorry, I was like, I have to say his name again. Because ultimately, that's what leads them to this huge fight of them fighting in the street. Like, this is the most at odds they've ever been with each other. Yeah. It's like, what is it she says to him? Go to hell. Right back at you. Oh, it's
0: so intense. It's so unnecessarily intense.
1: Yeah. But that's one of my favorite moments between the two of them because they're screaming in the street. And we know I love that.
0: But what's fascinating about that whole tension and the arc of that tension existing in season two is that they're bickering and fighting over parenting. Yeah. Yeah. Which is such a thing to do when you are a couple,
1: (laughs) right? Like, is that foreshadowing about how to deal with um, children in your life? When they suddenly appear.
0: They were not in similar positions, but they were parenting two kids of the same age and they had so many disagreements on how to go about that, which yeah. is kind of something you do when you're married. Yeah. Parenting is a big conversation when you're married. And then what's interesting is in they show Gilmore's, don't they, in season 3, they also have a conversation together about kids. Yeah, with Jackson, because Jackson
1: wants four and four.
0: And then later when he's fixing Lorelai's shoe in their conversation, he's like, look, I just want to let you know, like, I'm not that anti-kid. Like, I want kids, you know, if if the right person comes along, you know, I, I'll, I'll have kids. Wait, pause. Why are they okay talking about kids here at the Dance Marathon, but in the 10
1: years, I know we're fast forwarding too far, the 10 years between season seven finale and
0: the first episode of the revival that's not really come up just had to throw that out there um no they have that conversation about kids and again they spend all of season two arguing over how to parent jess going
1: back to them getting kind of like reacquainting themselves in season
0: three what is it in season three that it's her fallout with christopher that brings them back together yeah she comes in at the end of episode one of season three lazy hazy crazy yes one of my favorites and she comes in and he's like, we're closed. And she's like, I know. I just really had a terrible day. I need a cup of coffee. It's dark. She needs to go to sleep. She doesn't need coffee. That's the last thing this girl needs <laughs> is a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, and so she sits at the end of the counter. She gets the coffee herself. She calls herself Mimi. She's like, pretend I'm not Lorelai. I'm Mimi. That's my dog's name. Oh, <laughs> can you just imagine? It's like it's like the real Paulinka, the dream. And yeah. it's your dog. I should show you a picture of this ugly dog.
1: Oh, <laughs> Oh no. Yeah, she's a little bit of a yucko, oh. but like, you know, we love her still. But I
0: appreciate your honesty. It's funnier when you imagine this ugly little dog. Yeah. <laughs> just sipping a cup of coffee at the end of Luke's diner. She does that thing that I honestly hate when people do, to be totally transparent, where like she wants to talk about something, but she's being really cryptic and she goes, oh, I just can't believe I did this again. And Luke is at the other end of the counter, exactly how I would be going, did what like just fucking just tell say me it, want it man to talk
1: about it yeah <laughs> i'd be so fucking furious but i'd be like well tell me now i have to know yeah. <laughs>
0: new styles and looks again for a limited time just enter code gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. only at tacovas.com that's t-e-c-o-v-a-s dot com and point your toes west What's crazy to me is that the entire summer has passed and they have not talked. This is after Rory gets back from Washington and they have not spoken. She has not gone in there. Like, wow. Yeah. The idea, the concept of that to me is very very season seven
1: a little bit season five when she has to go to weston's all the time when
0: they have that little split in the middle you're right yeah
1: that that is a lot like more intense than you would think it is because like we talked about like best and worst luke and lorelei moments with our close friends and someone said one of the worst things they felt is like how easily luke forgives her for this moment
0: oh for this moment
1: yeah They don't talk about what happened you do know? they ever though they don't... Does anybody ever talk about what happens on this show? How is there any dialogue on this show? No one ever talked about what happened. How is there
0: more dialogue <laughs> on this show than any show that was an hour long, ever, and yet they don't talk about things? Only moving forward. Question for you, do you feel like Lorelai was in the wrong in that fight at the end of season two? I don't think that either of them were in the wrong I agree I
1: think they were having a genuinely like even fight here of like Luke knew how Lorelai felt about Jess whether that was like warranted or not her daughter had just gotten into a car accident with him like maybe she was being a little bit ridiculous but like she was in a state, and I
0: totally understand but also Luke is like I care about your daughter just as much as you do why are you attacking me like this neither one of them were able to get out of their own way in that conversation yeah I think Luke was trying to see Lorelai's perspective while also simultaneously being like I have to go find Jess and and see if he's okay because he was also in this car accident and she's just completely laying into him and also blaming him being like why did you bring him here you knew this was a bad idea now my kid is hurt like I think she had a more difficult time seeing the other side I feel like Luke was trying to appeal to Lorelai the entire sure. fight yeah that like he
1: loved Rory just as much as she did he had Jess to consider and she would not see any of it no. so like I understood that but like I felt like there should have been some sort of recognition on her part Mm -hmm. in that moment like it didn't have to be like a sit down let's talk about all our feelings let's get this all out that there was just was there at all i literally don't remember i don't watch
0: that episode much because she does try to reconcile with him at the end of season two in and he's just very business with her back and so she's like okay i can't win because i guess she wrote him a note she like called left him messages it sounds like and he just He refused. He refused to really accept her apology because she's doing it in the diner. She's like, I'm sorry, Luke. I'm sorry that this happened. I'm sorry that I yelled at you. I was upset. I was scared. I was this. I was that. And he's like, I got the note. I hear what you're saying. We're fine. Nothing's wrong. We're good. And she's like, "Okay, clearly we're not. So I think they both had their faults um, on either end of this argument. Maybe they just needed the time then. They needed space. So I find it interesting that that person said that he forgave her very easily in this moment. Because in actuality, it took a long time. It took time. a lot. Because I think that I would be on board with that opinion had he forgiven her at the end of season two in the way that she kind of wanted him to. You know, she speaks about it in the episode after Teach Me Tonight, which I believe is Help Wanted, where she and Rory are talking about it. And she's like, kid, we fight. This is what Luke and I do. We fight. And then I go in. I'm all cute. And he like says something snarky and then we're fine. And then they arrive and it's different this time. He put the gone fishing up on the door. He leaves. He needs to take some space. I know. I think that had he forgiven her in that capacity that Lorelai describes to us, or had he just kind of let it go at the end of season two, again, I could get on board with that opinion of him letting her off the hook a little too easily, but he doesn't. This is, yeah. this is something that goes on for months before he's like, okay, all right, you're my friend, and I care about you, and you're going through something tough. Enough time has passed. Let's let bygones be bygones. And that's it. That's probably what makes it feel easy. Yeah,
1: it's literally the next episode, but a lot of time has passed that so you have to account for in the narrative. But then again, in season three, we have them, you know, being friends again, because this is when she meets Alex, Billy Burke, mm-hmm. um, Charlie Swan, if you will. And Tara,
0: have you seen Twilight? Have we talked about this? Yeah. Okay, sad so to make sure. Yes, I've seen it. <laughs> I've read the books. Don't worry. For some reason, vampires were okay, but not Harry Potter. Yep, you know, that makes zero sense, but we'll keep going. <laughs> but she
1: uh, has a date with Alex to go fishing. Mm-hmm. Lorelei out of water. And he teaches her how to fish. Do you think that was a friendship moment? It kind of feels reminiscent of the Hoopa of like, It just feels like here is Luke and Lorelai sharing a much more romantic, like, intimate moment than the date that she will go on with Mm. Alex to go fishing, which I think is kind of the point, which is that, like, here is Luke once again... Prepping Lorelai
0: to go be with another man, you know. But it's interesting because he doesn't actually know. I think he has a feeling, but it's not until he actually makes her the pool and everything, and they're standing there fishing that he's like, "So, just have a you have a sudden urge to go fishing." Yeah, he knows. He knows, but he doesn't
1: know. Yeah, she hasn't told him. But
0: yeah, I think it's
1: another moment
0: like that of like he
1: could decline this. He could have her go make a fool of herself. But I think he recognizes like he's going to show up for this girl, regardless of the fact that she keep seeing other men but this is something that we talked about in the parallels episode of like what does Alex do he's opening a coffee shop Mm -hmm. they go and try coffee and it's like this is kind of the through line of every man in Lorelai's life as we've mentioned save for Chris he's kind of in a different league in terms of this narrative every single man is keeping her away from Luke and that's like the slow burn of it all we have Max because they they had their first little meeting in the coffee shop they broke up in the coffee shop Alex was opening a coffee shop. We never really hear from him again. We just assume that he, I don't know, moved to Seattle with his daughter, who's in love with vampires, becomes a police chief, doesn't open the coffee shop. And then we have Jason, who they also break up in a coffee shop Mm -hmm. at the counter. And this is when, you know, love was behind the counter, as we said in the parallels episode. Yeah. That all of these people were in the way. Because here we saw Lorelai in all of these happy relationships, and Luke had to watch her for four seasons, four full seasons of being with other men yeah. and trying to make it work with other men. And here he was building the hopa and always fixing her house and teaching her how to fish and, you know, just being there for her and letting her into his life and all of these ways that he could while he
0: was suffering through kind of bad relationships waiting for her. Kind of subconsciously, though, because what's interesting about you bringing up the acts of service and the hoopah and the fishing experience, him building her like... The swimming pool also kind of comes from a place of acceptance in the same way that we were talking about the hoopah being like a symbol of acceptance. You're going to be yeah. with this person. Because after the swimming pool scene where he learns that she is indeed going out with this guy, that's when he decides to ask Nicole out. Right. He's like, okay, she is dating someone else. So I'm going to go out and date someone else. Someone has yeah. piqued her interest. Someone has piqued my interest and I'm going to go out and explore that relationship, which, as we know, ended up being a dud. Yeah. But they're both symbols of acceptance that he's like, that almost symbolized that Lorelei has always been the one driving this car. Yeah, they're not talking. Nobody it. talks in the car, <laughs> but she's the one kind of steering this ship because I think at the end of season one, it really clicks in for him when Rachel leaves him and says, there is somebody else in your life. In Love, Daisy's and Troubadours, he goes over to Lorelai's house to pick up his toolbox, but he's like starting to talk to her about the fact that Rachel left. And I think... When she says why, then Max shows up, so he never gets an opportunity to say she left because she knows that I have feelings for you yeah. and that there's or another he woman. He would have said it life. that directly. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that he would because it's Luke. No. But you know, regardless, Max shows up. He totally disrupts that moment, and then he kind of goes toe to toe with Max verbally, and ends it with "I'll always be around." And so I feel like that was kind of a turning point for Luke. This is the woman I want to be with. I mean, I don't think he really, really recognizes it until Luke can see her face. But regardless, I think he knows deep down. But there are those little
1: moments. Because there's that one with Rachel. But then he, again, the Hoppa is a little bit of an acceptance. And then the fishing with Alex all these friend moments of acceptance and like moving forward and it's not until the Alex one that he's like well now we're gonna write in a Luke relationship storyline and see Luke in a relationship and I never really understood why he was with Nicole I think it was really just to like show someone so different from Lorelai that like corporate career like always wearing a pencil skirt sort of vibe you know seems like a villain like if you've read Book Lovers by Emily Henry she's like Nora just like you know like seems like she She's the one that's just so different from like the small town girl that Lorelai is portrayed
0: as the just to contrast her yeah kind of the antithesis of what Lorelei is because Lorelai's is a hard worker but like you said Nicole's very corporate yeah and we get two iterations of their relationship get red hair and then blonde hair yeah red haired Nicole blonde haired Nicole two very different women <laughs> but I just never really understood why she was with him Or he was with her No, that relationship made absolutely no sense. Again, I think it was a plot device to keep Lorelai and Luke separated. In the same way that I think that Jason was also a plot device to keep Lorelai and Luke separated. But their relationship made much more sense. Totally. Because, like, where was a moment when Luke was, like, truly happy with Nicole? We didn't see it. Because the only time that I would say I saw him with somebody other than Lorelai in a way where he looked happy was Rachel. You see the glances exchanged between the two of them when they're working at the diner together and like you catch little moments. They're very rare and they're very few and far between but he never looked at Nicole like that and we didn't really get a wild glimpse into their relationship and thank God because I wouldn't have wanted to watch that. The thing that I liked about their relationship is that something
1: that like we see from Luke is like how angry he gets about it like how passionate Luke gets because we don't really I don't really see him heartbroken after Rachel because I think that he did accept what Rachel said which was that he was meant to be Lorelai. And, like, those glimpses of, like, happiness, it kind of feels like Rachel was someone who, like, she was, like, a shiny sunshine whose, like, light reflected onto him, but it didn't ever really, like, reach too deeply because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't too heartbroken about it. You know, he had another sunshine in his life,
0: Lorelai. Yeah.
1: And then with Nicole, it felt more of, like, Luke didn't like being betrayed, which was what happened because Luke ended up in jail for attacking this man's car that Nicole was cheating on him with and then he just came back to beat up the car again once Lorelai picked him up. It was more of a pride thing.
0: It was an ego thing. That's a friend thing to pick you up from jail. Yeah, she did. She did come and pick him up from jail. But I think his anger was fueled by kind of pride and ego. It was very ego driven because he was like, why would she cheat on me in my house? Like, we have things together in there. It was less a betrayal of someone he loved and more a betrayal of like, it was a it was a respect thing. And this was the second iteration of their relationship. Did they like break up? They broke up. They were going to get divorced. And then Nicole comes to the diner late at night in one episode. And is like, I think that we should date each other again. Like, why do we have to end our relationship? Because we don't want to be married right now. And so they decide not to get divorced. They're still married. They're dating. I think they just brought her back because they needed to keep him distracted. Because they had the Jason storyline. Yeah. Rarely do we ever see Lorelai and Luke in a relationship at the same time. I guess, like, when she was with Max-ish, he was with Rachel. But not really. And that's what I feel like season four is. That's, like, the Lorelai and Luke
1: tension season.
0: Because yeah. it had
1: been there, like, the friendship, like, flirty moments, friend moments, like, moments where, like, the subtext was that they were going to end up together, like, sitting on the stairs with the hopa, a tisket, a tasket when they're, like, talking mm-hmm. about, like, she'll find a man to buy her basket. Yeah. You know, there's all these little moments. But season four, when she was with Jason and he was with Nicole, it felt like the tension that was, like they were meant to be together was always kind of building
0: well that they were in relationships at the same time which again was a rarity I think when she was with Alex I remember them sitting at the counter and having a conversation it was in swan song when Alex was taking them to go see a show and he's like oh Nicole and I went and saw Hairspray last week could you imagine Luke at Hairspray no him him sitting there during you can't stop the beat just with his his hat on and his arms crossed (laughs) Is his hat forward? No. <laughs> it is backwards still. Everybody is so excited and he's just sitting there. He's like,
1: you could stop the beat.
0: I could stop it. <laughs> the eyes are rolling. Oh, I love it. I wish I could see it. Anyway, the long and the short of it is like we we don't really get a lot of the two of them being in relationships at the same time or commiserating about relationships because they're never in them simultaneously. But we do get that more a little bit in season three, a glimpse of it and then season four. But there's still tension there. And like the whole thing happens with Jason and Luke where like Jason sort of almost runs him down with his car. (laughs) He's like honking. Yeah. Yeah. And then like they go to go to Luke's and he's like, like, I can't go there. Is that <laughs> oh my god. And so I don't really think until Raincoats and Recipes, they really are aware of each other in like a romantic sense.
1: Everything has been building for these four seasons. And then Luke can see her face hits. And it's like those last three episodes, last week fights and Raincoats and Recipes. That's so like really Luke and Lorelei centric. Yeah. Because the episode before, she breaks up with Jason because he's suing her family, which like we could have a whole episode about what the fuck is happening there. I know. And then at the beginning of that episode, she runs into Luke while he's going to buy stamps to get divorced. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, because it goes tick, 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 boom. After boom, Luke can see her face. Last week fights, this week tights, raincoats and recipes. Wow, that's a big five episode arc. Like a lot happens. I love the end of season four, but like this is when we
1: have Luke getting the you deserve love book that we talked about in the last episode, which I still, how did he find out about this book? Like, did he was he perusing, I don't know, the newspaper, came across like self-help books? Did I don't he not think hear he, like, specifically went
0: in to find this particular book. Was he going in to a a friends-to-lover romance novel? Maybe. <laughs> I really genuinely think he just went to the self-help section because I think he was so frustrated over his relationship with Nicole. I love
1: that that of like, Luke being of like Luke being he's the oh, I need like, First stop, Stars Hollow Bookstore stop, Stars a bookstore self help section, and he's just like, which of these will help me? <laughs> and he finds a book on tape called "You Deserve Love," and he's like, "That spoke to him." Like, are you fucking kidding me? He saw that and was like, "I think maybe I deserve love.
0: Maybe this will help it me." Just was fueled from the frustration of being with a woman for so long because he and Nicole they were together for a bit like of time a like yeah. a healthy amount of time <laughs> an unhealthy amount of time like <laughs> their relationship was not good but Truly. you know what I mean it was like a yeah. it was a decent amount of time and he's like I was with the wrong person why do I keep ending up with the wrong people I don't know that he was in denial so much I think he buried his feelings so deeply oh, because he never sure. knew if they were going to be reciprocated yeah put cement over
1: that made sure that that was never coming back up but like he buried them alive so you know they just crawled to the surface haunting him do you think that when he picked up you deserve love that he was like Lorelai or do you think that he was truly shocked when this man was like talking
0: to him through his feelings and he was like do you see your face I don't know what's interesting about it is that he is so over the book before he even presses play and yet he continues dude you sought this out it's not like anybody forced your hand you picked this book there is like a performative nature because like sometimes when you get like something
1: self-help you're like yeah I fucking need help okay help me like you read something with the intention because you've been like honest enough with yourself there's like a performativeness that Luke is doing for himself obviously for the audience but like that he is like above this above this (laughs) this book that he bought what's interesting is like you deserve love is very clearly a book. It's like for people who would love women. Mm. This is not a book for this is not a book for anyone who would love a man because it's do you see her face? I wonder if there's like an option, it's like if you wanna love a man, click this one. It's like do you see his face? Side B of the tape. <laughs> it's Miss Patty being like, Love. <laughs> yeah. I just find it so interesting that, like, literally all it took for Luke to, like, step up and finally be like, I'm going to be with Lorelai. Lorelai's not with anyone. I'm not with anyone. This man on this tape just
0: told me I deserve love, which, like, I just want to cry at the thought that Luke heard that. But does he know she's not with anybody? Does she tell him, like, I broke up with my boyfriend? Does she, does he know she has a boyfriend? He knows about Jason. Well, he knows that Jason exists, but does he know that, like, it's her actual Hmm. partner? You know, I took that for granted that we knew, but I don't know how Luke knows about this. Yeah, because he clearly, he sees him when Jason is there and he's weaving in and out and like almost runs him down and then when they arrive at the diner in the car and Luke like stares at them through the window and Jason's so overwhelmed he's like he's looking at me. (laughs) He knows that Jason exists as like a person in Lorelai's life but then he asks Babette in Raincoats and Recipes he says who's that? And Babette's like Mm. oh that's Jason he was dating Lorelai I thought they broke up but maybe they're still together so I don't know that he really I don't know how much he knew. Yeah. But either way he makes this decision whether she's single or she's not that he is going to ask her to listen tj's wedding yeah and it's just it's so cute i know the way he just like you know he's like yep we're gonna go great but i just find it so interesting that everything we've watched up until this point this is the moment that made you put on your superhero costume and say i'm going to ask you to a wedding like not when she was gonna get married to another man like almost like a there was too much fear of rejection in that moment
1: Mm. of like it needed to be on Luke's terms because everything else has kind of been on moralized terms. Right. And so he needed to do it at a time that like, you know, he didn't really have anything else going on.
0: (laughs) He was ready to change, I guess. Did he change? I don't know. I don't know. It's just so fascinating to me that this was the moment that he picked
1: and he seemed ready for it because when they're dancing to Reflecting Light, like Literally Kill Me, we talked about before of the way that he's watching her Mm. and the way
0: that she's kind of just like. She has no idea what to do with herself. Oh, my God. She's
1: like, what is going on? Yeah. And the way he watches her, I'm just like, damn, cute. Yeah. No notes. That whole segment between the two of them is just so, I love. It's so beautiful. So gorgeous. And then we get Lorelai and Rory talking
0: about it. Luke and waltz. <laughs> Luke can waltz? Luke and Waltz. Waltz. So good. Hits right every time. She's kind of having this like freak out of like, are her and Luke actually doing this? I have been in a friends to lovers situation more times than I'd like to admit in my life. And I think that when you do decide to go for it, it's scarier than just dating anybody because it's like, okay, do we want to ruin this friendship? Like you were saying before about Ariana Grande. Like, do we want to ruin this friendship is the timing right it's one of those things where you're so nervous and not just necessarily to preserve the friendship but to preserve this idea that you could end up together it could be good to find out whether or not it will be is one of the scariest things it's like was the tension like more delicious than what's about to happen mm-hmm. well that's why I'm wondering if that's why you like them better as friends because mm, I like the tension yeah and then the tension broke well the tension broke and then there was a variety of tension of other woven <laughs> into their
1: relationship for the rest of the series but before we get too far down the kiss happens will you just stand still i feel like that was such a good line from luke she's just been all over the place and moving 100 miles an hour and he's been the one that's been standing there he just says will you just stand still perfect moment we both agree that she ruined it by saying mm. will you just stand still yeah i did not understood like, it but like i uh, ugh, nope Took me out of it. The sentiment was that he had always been standing there, but regardless, they, you know, they got together and then I kind of skipped the first two episodes of season five, you know, they have that like conversation in the closet where they're kind of like, are we doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. And then we get to written in the stars and now they're together and now we have lovers of the friends to lovers at their first date. Mm -hmm. Snippy Stafford. Yes.
0: I'm curious when he said to her, I am all in, did you believe that? Do you believe that in hindsight? Was he really ready for her? Watching it, I don't know what my first reaction to it was,
1: honestly, but in hindsight, which I only have now, no, I don't believe it. I think he believed it, but I don't think he knew what that meant. I completely agree
0: with you because of what transpires in season five. Did you like that date, like, as a first date between the two of them? Yeah, I... found it really fascinating that we learn all of this new information about Luke's character, that he has a Luke's, so we've never heard about it before.
1: Sniffy's Tavern... I felt like this date should have been more like cemented in things that happened in the show because it just felt really expositional of like we're learning about Sniffy's Tavern and the horoscope as a concept. I really like that he kept it. Yeah, me too. It makes sense that Luke is a fucking Scorpio. Like what? But as a whole, I feel like it could have called back to anything that happened in season one. And, like, you know, like, something that, like, felt more familiar to us that he, like, held on to and, like, brought up that, like, it just felt like we were explaining a lot. Yeah. We were learning too many new things in this, like, new relationship between the two of them that, like, one of the things that we liked about it is, like, how much we saw of them. Yeah. So I think I would have liked to have seen more of that. For the most part, it was
0: cute, you know?
1: Yeah. Written in the stars,
0: as they supposedly were. In hindsight, it's one of those dates that I was just kind of like, oh... Yeah, we did learn a lot of new information about Luke that we never had before when there were so many options. I guess because we're sort of dropped in in season 1 in the middle of their relationship and the writers were kind of overcompensating for the fact that like when we drop in on their relationship, it's not nearly as developed as it comes to be because I don't think they knew quite yet what they wanted to do with the character. So, I have to imagine it was just to establish that like their meeting was very important and then he yeah. goes on to become a very big part of Rory's life, which I don't we really pick up on in the first half of season one that's not the story that they're telling yet it does kind of set up for the conflict that
1: we get between them in season five because i think that that's right. why i don't agree because the beginning of their relationship is cute you know when she comes downstairs in her flannel and she's like i think the town knows mm-hmm. <laughs> We do get some good from Luke, because, like, in You Jump, I Jump, Jack, he is the one when she's like, do you sense the dark cloud over my head? We have to go to the Gilmores. And he's like, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Like, let's go. We're going to go. I need to meet your family. Like, we've never had Luke at the Gilmores before. Ooh, like, yeah. Which is crazy. So he goes and has dinner with Emily. He goes golfing with Richard. And he, you know, he's, like, drunk and doing this and, like, going about it. And, you know, he gets insulted by Emily the whole time, but it's not anything that makes him turn away from her. Right. he He's totally there for it. And then, then the seeds of doubt start to arrive in the form of, like, having lunch with Christopher. And he has that moment of, like, is he okay with it? And he eventually tells her, he's like, you know what, I'm okay. I'm okay that you had lunch with Christopher. And it's just this
0: weird moment. I have to say, I've always been torn about this tension
1: because...
0: Mm-hmm. In Wedding Bell Blues and then Subsequently Say Something, I always felt like Luke deeply overreacted to Christopher being the one to be like, we belong together. And then, like, he doesn't even give Lorelai any opportunity because Lorelai didn't say that. Lorelai's looking at him and going, what are you talking about?
1: Because literally in that conversation when they're yelling, Chris says, everyone knows it. Emily knows it. And Luke's like, Emily? It doesn't make any sense because in, I think it's in season three when Jess goes to the Gilmores for dinner and Luke is like, if you're with this girl, you're with her whole family. Mm-hmm. And so he, he knows that. He knows Lorelei's family and how they've acted towards Lorelai. So I don't know why he's suddenly surprised that like, this guy who's always been in her life, and I think he's always kind of been threatened by the presence of
0: Christopher, which sure. is why he was like, I'm okay you had lunch with him. But but here's the thing, going back to that for a second, I really feel like Lorelei fucked up. By not telling him. He had to be the one to come to her and say, I just want to let you know I'm okay with it. They never had a conversation about it. It's his conversation with TJ that makes him say, I just want to let you know I'm okay with it. She never asks him. Do you think that he was? Yeah, I do.
1: I don't think he was. Really? I think that in telling her, he was trying to convince himself as well.
0: I agree with you to a certain extent but i think that having that conversation with tj put into perspective for him that like he wasn't there he wasn't at tj's level because he's like who's liz having lunch with oh so funny that's his reaction (laughs) is it art tell me it's art oh my god i love tj Either way, I think that it put things into perspective for Luke that he's like, I'm not nearly there. Like, no, this is a guy in her life who will always be there. He's Rory's dad. But like, I have to get used to this. So what's interesting about that is they have that little moment. Luke says that, you
1: know, whether or not we agree on his feeling behind it. She then had another opportunity.
0: Yes, that's what I'm saying.
1: Christopher's dad dies. She goes over, gets drunk
0: with him, and she doesn't tell him. But it's also like Rory kind of helps her hide it it's very very weird i'm like why are we not telling luke like why are we hiding it from luke which makes it feel like it's a bad thing like it's wrong also
1: luke who has lost his father she could be like oh chris's dad died like he's upset so we went and we had some tequila and that was that was the extent of it
0: like
1: i think he would have been maybe a little bristled that like she went and gotten drunk with him but like but the
0: way that he found out instead is like yeah he was gonna find out anyway so why didn't you just tell him and I think that that's why he leaves the wedding and he's like I have to get out of here like I just feel like I'm having way too many things thrown my way but I feel like afterwards it was a big overreaction in my opinion I think it was a big overreaction to leave I think that he put way too much on her yes she should have told him a when Christopher came for lunch which she kind of does she mentioned It very casually to gauge his reaction, but B hiding that she was with Christopher the night that his dad died. Nothing happened. Nothing. Nothing was wrong about their interaction. They were two old friends drinking tequila together. They've known each other for their pretty much their whole lives. They have a child together. It's like she didn't do anything (laughs) wrong. I know. Have a child together. Have a child together. Who? (laughs) What? To the child. Oh. But yeah. She wasn't doing anything wrong. What was wrong about it is that she hid it from him as if it was wrong. Yeah. And if that were me as a partner, I'd be like, why didn't you tell me? You not telling me makes me feel like something that wasn't right happened here. I think the part of it that he should have reacted to was the Lorelai's lack of
1: communication. And I because think that's
0: what he was reacting to. He reacted to a completely different incident about her lack of communication. That was just kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Because he's clearly upset about it in Wedding Bell Blues. Yeah. Like, there's clearly a disconnect. She's trying to pull him out of it and be like, come on, let's dance. Like, they're having a good time. He lets her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then fucking Christopher. And he's just like, I have to get out of here. But once he left and once he was able to like cool off a little bit, I really feel like he owed her the time and the space for her to explain herself and say, look. overreaction. This was the, yeah, this was the moment. This was the overreaction is that he's like, I don't want to talk to you right now. And I get people needing time and space, but like he gives her absolutely nothing when she sees him at the movie theater. He gives her nothing to work off of in dozies, which is why she's so desperate. What is
1: it that he says to her? It's something along the lines of like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. And it's always so confusing to me that it's like... You're the one that recognizes, like, this is the family that she has. You're the one that a few seasons later told Jess, like, you're now with her family when you're with her. In some ways, that means that he's going to be with Chris. Mm -hmm. Because Chris, regardless of what he feels about it, is always going to be Lorelai's family because it's Rory's father. Father, as Lorelai says. Um, Yeah. So it's like, he knew that. And he's all in. He said, I am all in. It's just not the moment when you're all in. Yeah. It sounds like I'm all in, but only on my terms. I don't know. That never made sense to me why they broke up. Me too. Because I love the voicemail scene when she leaves the voicemail and say something. Because I totally forgot about the dream when they're watching their relationship play out. And she's like, what are you watching? He says, something stupid. And she's like, this isn't stupid. I like,
0: it makes me sob, just thinking about it it's it's also a really creepy nightmare because then when they cut back to the two of them sitting together he's a big blue ribbon and that always freaked me out as a kid i was like yeah (laughs) (laughs) luke turned into a ribbon you know the town splits
1: and it's pink and it's blue and then she leaves the voicemail on his phone being like i really need you right now i need my friend and you know we Uh, ruined our friendship is kind of the
0: the sentiment of it all yeah she breaks
1: into his apartment steals the tape
0: but then he shows up he shows up. That always warmed my heart that he was there when she gets home.
1: Yeah. She's like, what happened? I kind of want to cry just thinking about it. I've never really cried much during Luke and Lorelei, but just like the f- idea of leaving that frantic voicemail, needing her friend her friend showed up. It wasn't her ex-boyfriend. It was yeah. Luke, her friend, who we fell in love with for four seasons. Yeah, I'm like working myself up into crying. About it. Oh no, don't do that. She's like,
0: I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna leave your life. Very, I'm gonna leave you alone. Very weird. If that, that was intense. me, I would have been like, okay, great, you're here. Let's talk. Talk to me. I understood it though. Like, I loved that moment that she was just like,
1: I'm sorry. I'm too crazy for you. Like that was like kind of why he left. Is like it was too much yeah she bounced yeah it's emily that comes to the diner has this talk and is like whatever i try to do doesn't work you're you're the one my daughter wants how do you feel about the fact that it was emily was the one that got them back together because emily supposedly broke them up i don't really feel like that was the case
0: you know you don't but
1: no like i mean emily was the one that sent chris in but like I
0: think it was Luke that broke them up. Of course, yes. It was like, it was Luke's overreaction. Completely agree with you on that front. But I do think that her, like she tried to orchestrate a rift between the two of them through Christopher. She's totally at fault for that. So I I love it and I hate it because a part of me wishes that, what I'm about to say, I'm only like 50, this is like half-baked for me. I'm only like 50% in on this. I almost wish it was Christopher who was like, look. (gasps) whoa I understand I respect your relationship I'm so sorry that I did this I shouldn't have done that I will never interfere with your relationship again but for whatever reason it seems like it fell on Emily's shoulders and it felt like Emily's responsibility solely to get her daughter back not really because she wanted to respect the relationship between Lorelai and Luke solely to get her daughter to come back to Friday night dinner she goes to try and mend fences so that's why I think it was really framed that Emily was the one to break them up because she feels this need to get them back together and because once she says that doesn't change Christopher's stance on any of And Christopher's the one that kind of blew all of this up in the first place. And Luke is like, okay, Emily says that she's not going to meddle anymore. Here I go. Interesting. It kind of feels, I've
1: never really thought of this before, that in the same way that Luke had all these moments of acceptance with Lorelai and being her being in other relationships, that she was going to be in his life if he chose the path of acceptance, that kind of feels like what Emily's doing here is, like, if she chooses the path of acceptance here, regardless of the fact if she's going to, like, nitpick her after the fact of, like, if she can accept this now she gets Lorelai. Because, like, that's what we've talked about in past episodes of, like, if anyone's team Lorelai, it's Emily in, like, a very convoluted way of, like, Mm. she always wants Lorelai. She always wanted Lorelai back in her life, regardless of the fact of how she treated her or how she acts towards her. Keeping Lorelai in her life is, like, her utmost priority. And even though she, like, goes about it in this horrible way of, like, trying to get her with the guy that she thinks she should be with, she hits this crossroads of, like, here is this man who is really similar to her in a lot of ways. And she chooses the Path of acceptance to keep Lorelai in her life in the same way that Luke had all these years. Yeah, hmm. I think I just talked myself into liking that. <laughs> okay, I didn't like it when we started this conversation, but I actually think I kind of like it. Yeah. And then our favorite Luke and Lorelai kiss—the best from one, this moment. better Ugh. than their first kiss, in my opinion. Star is born. The man that got away is playing, Ugh. and here's the man that got away walking back
0: up to your front door. It's so good hits so right no notes I think that's the
1: peak of their relationship for me they got through this conflict whether or not it was deserved whether or not it made
0: sense whether
1: or not he really was all in Mm. he came back and I think from this point forward I was kind of in it I was there for them
0: yeah it feels like one of those moments where it's like okay we got through this we can get through anything because then the, the rest of season five is pretty smooth sailing so good
1: talk when they have this kiss up until the end of season five Now they're together and it makes
0: complete sense. Everything is working. And then she proposes to him. We talked about that in the last episode. In weddings and proposals. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're in season six.
1: Now they're engaged. They're holding off on planning the wedding until things are right with Rory. And I completely understand
0: that. Luke is there for her this whole time. They're renovating the house. Instead of moving into the Twickham house, they decide to stay in Lorelai's house and just make it a little bigger. Give it it a little facelift. And he understands everything. Yeah. He's very accommodating. As he is. Yeah,
1: because he understands that Rory is missing from her life and, like, that's the most important figure in her life. I'm like, this episode's going to make me cry. Why do I keep starting, like, tearing up talking about Luke and Lorelai? This has never happened before. This is this is strange for me. Um, but it's that moment in 21 is the Loneliest Number mm-hmm. after they go to Rory's birthday party and he's like, I'll let you stuff sausages in me if you want to.
0: Oh, I know. Because he knows she's sad and he just wants her to be happy. Yeah. And then, and then all that's over. <laughs> and then it stops and then it comes to a screeching halt. But this is a little bit of a callback to what we were just talking about. What's interesting about that fight that transpired and then it subsequently caused Luke's reaction and their breakup seems to be fueled by yes, Emily, because him mm-hmm. hearing that Emily was the one to say, like, I think Chris and Lorelei belong together. That's what seems to set Luke off and then subsequently her coming in and saying I'm not going to meddle anymore is what prompts Luke to go to Lorelei and and get back together with her but the crux of it all is Christopher that's yeah. the point of contention because Chris calls the house yes so like that part of it was never settled because Mm-mm. I believe that in Say Something Lorelai says to Luke like I'm never speaking to Christopher again I'm never speaking to my mother again he goes they're always going to be in your life yeah so was there no conversation probably not again they don't talk about anything was there no conversation where they decided like this guy is not going to be in your life anymore Because he calls the house, and I know that Lorelai was not expecting that because she hasn't spoken to him, but he calls the house, they get in this huge fight about it, and she says to him in this fight, after, when she goes to his apartment, he's above the diner, sitting in a dark room by himself, classic Luke, (laughs) he says, I'm never gonna be okay with Christopher being in your life. And she says, Christopher is always going to be in my life. So it's like, where did that change? Where did that change for him? Yeah. Where did that change for her? I'm never speaking to him again.
1: I think it was a desperation thing of like, if I can have you, I would never talk to anyone ever again. Yeah. Except for Rory. As long as I can call her, that's fine. But like it's the desperation. But he knew then, he knew they're always gonna be in your life. You're always gonna have them. Yeah. And so now it's like, I don't, I'm not gonna be okay with that. And maybe, maybe that was his way of saying. I'm leaving you because I'm never going to be okay with the fact that he's in your life but the fact that that happens right then of like I'm never going to be okay with the fact that Christopher is in your life is like the start of like the new conflict for Luke is so hypocritical. Like I feel like that's kind of like the crux of Luke in season six is like now Luke is being a hypocrite. Yeah.
0: It's that the double standards start to really come to the surface because it's followed up by we need to tell each other everything. No more lies. Well this voicemail with Christopher was not her fault. She didn't know that he was gonna call he was calling to say he was rich now. It was just it was purely a timing thing. Yeah. But she turned it off. Like, that was... That was... Yeah, the... it was a bad look. But everything else leading up to this was about her not communicating with him. Her not being honest. Which, when we
1: asked our close friends, I very generally said, I said, what was the worst of Luke and Lorelai? Almost every single response was their lack of communication. Yeah. Like, unprompted. 40 people responded, and almost all of them were their lack of communication. And that's really shows itself here. No, but you were right. He really did nail her for this, like this moment of like we
0: have to be honest with each yeah. other because up until that point she was the one who was not being honest with him so i understand the sentiment of it like she wasn't being completely dishonest at this point
1: like it was no. it was last no. season's problems coming up to bubble up
0: again yeah coming to the surface because christopher has now reemerged, and again he is a point of contention that they are not talking about or that they haven't talked about yeah because they're
1: deep in this relationship and they're like This is how this has to work. This is our first time telling each other that
0: we need to communicate in the season that we've been together. (laughs) Unfortunately, not shocking. But again, that's where the double standards start to come to the surface. Because he's like, we need to be honest with each other. And then immediately does not follow his own advice.
1: And then immediately gains a giant secret that he does not reveal for months
0: Do you like this storyline? No, absolutely not. Never, never, ever in a million years would I be on board with this storyline. It, I don't even know what they were thinking.
1: I know that everyone hates it. I, as a big fan of season six, I like the things that this brings out in Luke. I just... I don't understand why this was the choice. I think that's more what it is. It's like, yeah. why did you do this? I like the execution of it. I just don't like the idea of it, I guess, is the two sides of it. Like, I like season six and what it does, what right. they do with this story. But, like, here's a woman, Anna Nardini, arguably the most hated person in the Gilmore Girls character list. Like, people hate her more than they hate Dean, which is, like... Yeah, understandable. No one has mentioned this woman in five seasons like that Luke like had this it doesn't even make sense timing wise of like when he would have been with her in a way that like Lorelai would have never known her yeah 12 years ago never no one ever would have mentioned Anna like Luke's dark day came up and it's like yeah they never would have been like oh also Anna Nardini like it just it's so out of left field none of it makes sense That, like, the only way that it felt like we could have caused any sort of rift in Lorelai and Luke's relationship now, because they were going to be too happy for the rest of the season, now that they were engaged and things were fine with Rory again, that, like, we had to throw a surprise daughter in. Do you think it would have made more sense if it was Rachel in, in that instance? Is
0: it like when they were together in season one, that she had maybe like, I, I guess it, I guess it didn't have she to be. She would have had a secret child. She would have had a secret child who she wasn't tending to for all of season one. So it would have been in season one when they were together, she got pregnant, left. So then she would have had like a five-year-old. I I actually would have preferred that. That would have made more sense to me. It was, I didn't tell you because I knew you were in love with somebody else. Oh, that would have been great. Right. Of like, I didn't want to mess up the love of your life, which like still
1: kind of like, I should have told him, but like had a reasoning behind it rather than just like, you didn't like kids. Okay. Like, yeah. but now he has one. Anna Nardini never makes sense to me. The April part of it, I'm fine with. It's the Anna part of it that I'm like, Yeah. Because he keeps a secret for whatever reason. Luke can't tell his best friend, his partner, will or lie that he has a daughter. How he lived with
0: that. Like I can barely keep from like my sister what I had for breakfast that day. Like I I can't keep anything inside. I would have to tell everyone yeah this insane thing happened to me but especially my partner and especially a woman who single-handedly raised a daughter do you think it came from a place of embarrassment like we've talked about this before he was the christopher in this situation but completely unbeknownst to him well the thing that he
1: says is he says he wanted time with her because he didn't want april to like lorelei more than she liked lou oh which felt like an excuse to me because that's I mean, of course it's an excuse, but, like, that's one of the reason, reasonings behind not telling her. That's the whole thing of, like, he wants the chance to be with April in some sort of way without Lorelai interfering. Mm. And I think that, like, in the storyline, they're well past that in their relationship, that point of, like, they just are so fucking bad at communicating because when she actually finds out about it, he's like, I feel so bad I should have told you. Like, because she walks in and finds out from April herself that my father owns the diner. Caesar?
0: Luke is your father? <laughs> Luke, I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. It's, it's exactly how the Logan Rory proposal went down, it's, except it was purely intentional on Amy's end. Yeah. A few episodes before this, we just talked about the fact that like we're going to factor each other in. And now you're proposing to me with this giant ultimatum. From a character perspective, it just doesn't make sense. Luke, Mm -mm. you literally just said to me, we need to tell each other everything. And then you find out this giant secret. Life-altering information has been delivered to you and you keep it. That shouldn't be a secret.
1: No. It was a secret from you and now it has been delivered to you. This should not
0: be a secret anymore. This should be out in the open. And it just... Why couldn't they get married? Like, from this point on is when I blame Luke for all of their problems. Every single one of them. Because I
1: think that Luke was always kind of this person that, like, needed a lot of time and guidance to get where he needed to be. It took him four seasons to fucking show up for Lorelai Gilmore. Like, of course it was going to take him forever to figure out with his daughter. This was why June 3rd couldn't happen. This is why they couldn't have that perfect wedding. Which, complete side note from their actual relationship. June 3rd itself, the wedding she describes. First she found the perfect dress. And then they found the Daisy invitations. And then there was the church. And she found Pastor Todd. And there was the party hall out back. And the carousel they were going to restore. And Pastor Todd's sister did catering. And Suki blessed the whole thing. And everything was ready. It was all done. Like, summer wedding, everything was perfect. Did any of that wedding feel right to you for Lorelai and Luke? Like, regardless of the fact that it, like, all fell into place and it started snowing. And it's just, like, this gorgeous moment of her revealing this. I asked this poll on our close friends, and it was 49.51 between this. Like, it was so split on whether or not this was a perfect wedding for them or it was not. I say no. She needed to get married in
0: Stars Hollow. Suki needed to make the wedding cake. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that sentiment of it. I'm torn because it's a wedding I'd love to see. Oh, for sure. Wedding I want to go to. Yeah, like the church covered in flowers. I want to ride that damn carousel. Like, all of it sounds so perfect. But yeah, no, as far as the two of them, I agree. I, I would rather see something in the town square that's like filled yeah, to the brim with all of the their friends. Fly. And yeah, did sound perfect when she was describing it. it. perfect. But yeah, if you actually put pull back and take a look at their relationship and what is right for them. Maybe not. I I also don't think Luke would have minded.
1: I also
0: will say in you describing that wedding and pointing out that like it had all been planned. Everything was taken care of. Why couldn't they get married? Did Luke think know. he had a lot to do? They could have just been like, April, do you want to be a flower girl? You'd be a junior bridesmaid? But was that it? Was it that he didn't know where to put her? It just didn't make any sense to me that he wasn't... But I think she felt like she had to oblige because her relationship with her daughter being in flux was the reason they couldn't plan the wedding. And then as soon as that relationship was mended, she said, okay, we're fine. And now he's the one who's discovered he has a daughter and their relationship is in flux. And he's asking her, I need us to hold off on the plans. So it's like... She showed him how to deal with daughter drama. Yeah. And now he's just
1: doing the same thing. Oh, I don't know. I never thought about that. It just... All of his reasonings for it don't make sense. It's for me, it's showing that he's not all in. A lot of people I know feel like Luke is doing the right thing here, that Luke is doing what he knows to do best, which is like whatever he feels fit for him and his brand new daughter. I guess she's not brand new, she's 12, brand new to him. So, like, a lot of people feel like Lorelai is asking too much of him to like need to get married, like, she's pressuring him in any way. But the whole like arc from canceling the wedding until the partings, none of it. ever really feels like it makes complete sense our opinion of Luke is always Lorelai's opinion of Luke because like when she you know when she's mad at him we're mad at him when she's endeared to him and his grumpiness we're endeared to him and now we're in this state of like what is going on none of this makes sense it doesn't really make sense is that a purposeful thing they did in the
0: narrative or was this just not a good storyline? Mm, that's a great question because I don't know. I don't know the answer yeah. because the reality is like I don't love the storyline but do I not love the storyline because it once again kept Luke and Lorelai away from each other or do I feel from a writing perspective it was kind of lazy. It was like, okay, we need to throw another wrench in here to keep these two apart. And it's so unresolved because they they're, they don't talk about it. And, I, and a lot
1: of it is because Lorelai feels afraid to talk about it, you know? Like she doesn't want to broach it yeah and that's what breaks everything in a vineyard valentine which a lot of people dislike because this is luke at his cringiest Ugh. this is luke grumpy he's taken away from the background of the diner his like normal antagonist of taylor is gone and he's just kind of being rude to people who are just being really nice to him yeah. and i know he's like out of his element like he's at like you know these rich people's house and he doesn't really feel comfortable with that but like he's just luke at his absolute worst yeah and this is when we get his first i love you because Lorelai is like what the fuck is going on you gave me this diamond bracelet but like are we going to get married what is going to happen and he's like I love you we will get married and there will be lobster at our wedding and you kind of feel like things are going to be okay yeah and then we get back to the diner and we realize she still has that deep-seated uncomfortableness this fear about it and then for the next what is it like seven episodes nothing really changes is this before super
0: cool party people or after? Just before. Super Cool Party People is episode 20. Do you feel like that was a turning point for him? I felt like that would have been the moment where he realized okay, this can work. There's no reason this can't work where she can be in my life well I guess it's Anna's reaction to it that makes it feel a little impossible right because Anna's so upset that Lorelai was there and this is when it doesn't make any
1: sense because she's like what am I supposed to tell these parents that like this random girl was throwing a party for my daughter and it's like I need to know everything about my kid and what's going on with her and who's around her this is your daughter's father's fiance like this is going to be her stepmother Mm -hmm. you didn't know that your daughter came to the diner and took a slice of hair from Luke and then all of these other subsequent men
0: yeah do you actually keep track of your daughter because it kind Where of sounds like kid? you don't like and what to what capacity do you trust her seems like the writers were trying to build this idea of their relationship being very similar to Lorelai and Rory's relationship Anna's like this is my kid this is my daughter but like also she's very smart and also she's very mature and she makes her own decisions and blahdy blahdy blah -blah. so which one is it Anna yeah and then I hate that at the end of that episode when Lorelai goes in to kind of smooth things over and be like I just wanted you to meet me and just know that I'm like not a monster I'm I'm totally normal and also I'm very serious about being with Luke we've had a very long storyline which Anna would know about if all of the if the storylines added up Anna should know who Lorelai is but she doesn't and here we are but Anna looks at her and she's like well engaged is not married. Like, what a bitch. Ugh. Way to punch Lorelai in all of her insecurities right now. Truly. And all of this has blown up because your daughter went rogue and did this because you were not honest with her about who her father was. So you have just infiltrated this relationship and that is the reason they are not married right now, Anna. That is
1: true. Anna has a lot more to play in this than she admits. Because she's kind of like, I didn't tell you about the kid because I didn't think you liked kids. And now I had a kid and I thought you might not like it. But, I mean, I guess you're here now. So, like, why not? She's the worst.
0: Anna Nardini is the worst. She doesn't make any
1: sense. Any sense at all. But... This is all building up for Lorelai. It had to end the way that it did with her yelling. The way that she tells Emily about it, though, is honestly one of my favorite Emily and Lorelai scenes. Yeah. At the end of driving Miss Gilmore, (laughs) she's been driving her around all day because she got LASIK surgery that got botched. (laughs) Yeah. Classic. Love it. And she's going to buy Luke and Lorelai a house. This is truly, Emily is finally like, you're going to be with this man. Another acceptance moment. Another acceptance moment. I'm going to fucking buy you a house. And that's when Lorelai's like, I don't know if this is going to happen. Oof. This whole thing. And, like, she kind of breaks down. And it's in the next episode that, like, she now starts completely avoiding Luke. Because she has this breakdown with her mom. Like, why do I keep tearing up
0: talking about it? This is... It's a lot. It's an emotional rollercoaster of a relationship <laughs> from friends to lovers to yeah. not speaking to lovers to strangers to friends again. Yeah. yeah. All so, sorts of things. After so partings, partings,
1: yeah, Miss Patty is there and she like, she's like, yeah, you got to make him pay a little bit. Like, you know, punish him a little bit. But the whole episode, she's avoiding him until she gets in the car. and We talked about her talking to Jan from the office mm-hmm. and having the retrospect on all her relationships. And she he's like, it's now or never. And she goes to him and they have that fight. The fight between the two of them right there outside the diner of like, I can't just jump like this. Well, then I have to go. One of my favorite fights between... Anyone on the whole show. Yeah. I love it. I love when they're fighting there because it makes so much sense. He's afraid, doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what to do because they've been at such a standstill. And so she goes, she leaves. Do you think she was wrong to do that? No, I don't think so. No either. hesitation. She needed to go. I posted it very dramatically to a Taylor Swift song on my TikTok recently. I could post it to our stories. It really upset a lot of people. <laughs> but one of the things that they said that was Lorelai says, um, You're going to have to figure out how April fits into our lives, not the other way around. And everyone was like, Why would she say that? That's so selfish. And I was like, No, you're mishearing it. What you're hearing is Lorelai saying, I need you to put me before your daughter. I need to be number one in your life. Like I'm number one on your speed dial, put me number one before this girl who just showed up. Like she's some random girl. What she's saying is, I want to be your partner. Yeah. I'm not saying figure out how she fits into our lives like she's some like lamp that we need to figure out. Yeah. I'm saying make me your partner. Make me someone who has some sort of like say in your life like we intended when we got engaged like this whole point of us getting married is to be life partners let me help you put your daughter first too give me the chance to put your daughter first like she won't ever come above Rory but like Rory's kind of raised and gone I can help you with this and
0: I think that that's the sentiment that she's saying there she's not being selfish I think that easily with like one word addition it could have changed the entire sentiment of her actual statement by saying We need to start figuring out how April fits into our lives, not the other way around. Like this is where we start to do this because you've had time, I've given you time to figure out how April fits into your life, and then how I'm going to fit into that equation. We need to start looking at it from the opposite direction now. And I think that's what she was saying. Absolutely, so easy. It's easy to manipulate that statement and make it seem selfish. And you know what? If she was being a little selfish in that situation, I do not blame her. She had. I don't blame her either. She even speaks to this. She's like, "I'm so tired of lurking in the shadows of your life." With April. Like, I've been waiting and waiting. Oh my God. This is where I really, really, really dislike Luke, which is why I can't watch yeah. season six. I don't enjoy season six because I do not like Luke in this season. He is the reason for all of this. And it just seems so out of character for him to not include her. He includes her in everything that he does. To not include her in this just feels so out of the the scope of who Luke is when it comes to his relationship with Lorelei.
1: That's kind of when I know Sparkly Heart because I feel like April exacerbated like who the worst of Luke was and it all came out. Mm. If like Luke is a spectrum of a person, which we all are, that April really like zoomed in the worst of who Luke would be as a partner. Like as a communicator, like when he can show up, that he gets overwhelmed easily, that he can't quite make up his mind about anything. Because- it took him a really long time to get there with Lorelai and with a lot of other things in his life. And I think that that's why we hate it. It's because, like, I don't think it's that far away from who he is. I just think it's, like, all of his bad qualities coming to the surface exacerbated by the situation. And it's kind of who he was under the surface
0: beyond in his acts way, of service. Though? In In what, like, what bad qualities? Because I don't think that he necessarily has bad qualities. I think that he just, he makes some really bad choices. Well, I mean, we all have, like, bad habits and like I really do think it like mainly comes down to like
1: Luke as a communicator Luke involving his partner in his life feeling like he needs to do
0: things on his own not accepting help does it harken back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation where we were saying that Luke doesn't really like to accept help from other people in the same way that Lorelai usually doesn't either but they tend to let the other in that's why I feel like it's out of character because in every other capacity of his life he allows Lorelai the space to come in for the most part
1: I think that's what I mean it's like it's like the upside down of Luke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where it's like, here are all these aspects of himself to let Lorelai in, that like, now that it's something else, Lorelai is also on the outs now. Lorelai is feeling all of the effects of who he is regardless of her, you know what I mean? Where it's like, she's just anyone else experiencing who Luke is and she's on the outs of it. And April kind of takes center stage in some ways. Mm. So, like, I do see how Luke became this person. It's almost like Luke became a monster
0: of himself in some ways by pushing Lorelai out. Well, and I also think we've spoken to on the podcast about this before. He was overcompensating. A, because he didn't know that he had a daughter and he watched Rory grow up with an absentee father and he was disappointed in himself for kind of emulating that, even though he didn't know. He didn't know. It's definitely not his fault, but I just feel like he really overcompensated. Now we get to this
1: fight that they're having outside of the diner. And Lorelai says, "Why well, I have to go. And she walks away. She sleeps with Chris. And that's kind of the end of their relationship, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: me too. Because
1: what we get from season seven, because I've read so many interviews with Amy Sherman Palladino, and something that she says a lot is she would never immediately after like this all happened, she was never going to say what her intention for season seven was because she had too much respect for the show and didn't want to put that on the showrunners. Mm. That like it was their story now. As much as she wanted to continue telling it, it was so unfair to them for her to go into an interview and say, this is what I would have done, and then have them have to figure something out. Yeah. Because, of course, they would get back to
0: them what she had said. Yeah. That was going to be my next question, is, like, how do you think she would have handled the fallout of partings? Uh,
1: I don't know. I don't either. Well, I think that Luke would have, A, found out that she slept with Christopher, and like you said before, that was always his contention with Lorelai. It was a
0: self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah.
1: And what his reaction would have been to have found this out because they broke up for all intents and purposes but like it was never really clear would this have been a bridesmaids incident for them of like you slept with christopher when we were broken up and Luke is Rory in this, of like, you were broken up? I don't know. But because I can very clearly in my mind see what would have happened in a Rory Logan season seven for Amy, whether or not it's true or not. My brain has made it up. I don't see it for Luke and Lorelai. I've never been able to come to
0: the conclusion. What do you think? Contrary to the bridesmaids incident between Lorelai and Rory, Christopher was the person totally. for Luke. Like, the Bridesmaids were just these randos. Christopher, like, it means something so different that she ran to him. So I feel like that would have been a giant obstacle for them to get through. I mean, they did. They ultimately I do. I think they would have. They would have at some point. I don't think that it would have been as... Simple. I don't even want to call the conflict between Logan and Rory simple, but I don't think it would have been as easily forgivable or easily understandable as it was for Logan yeah. to sleep with the bridesmaids. Because obviously they both do it for the exact same reason. They seek safety and comfort in two very different ways, in two very different types of people. For Logan, it was kind of strangers. People he was familiar with, but people he was just friends with. Companionship. Yeah, and I think that there is a certain extent to which that falls into the Christopher Lorelai category. There's familiarity, there's friendship, there's companionship there, but there's also love there. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I don't think they would have gotten over it in the same way, but I do think that that would have been kind of the nail in the coffin of that iteration of their relationship in the same way that it was in season seven. Do I think Christopher and Lorelai would have ended up getting married in season seven? No. I don't think so either. I don't even know if they would have had like another chapter. Another romantic chapter. I don't think Amy would have done that.
1: I don't know. But maybe. If you have an opinion on what you think would have happened like that you're like so sure this is what would have happened with Luke and Lorelai in an Amy season seven let us know because I've just like literally never I've never thought of something that makes sense because I think they would have ended up together I do think that that was always the point I I do think they were always gonna end up together because when we get to the revival that feels like as we said before like kind of an extension of where season seven was going maybe with the season eight that they wanted like but the revival was kind of like where it was all supposed to end Mm. but like we mentioned before why had they never considered kids why hadn't they had a
0: conversation in 10 years like they literally rode in a car for 10 years arrived at the house windows up no conversation but it just feels like there was no progression in their relationship in the way that we wanted to see i think it made sense for the exposition of of Amy's narrative, that she wanted to kind of have a redo on the buildup of Lorelai and Luke getting married and the conflict that existed there, but I just we've spoken to this before. It felt like we had watched more of the same. Exactly. Recycled is a really good word to use.
1: But then we get to their wedding and, you know, we talked about this on the revival episode, but they got married November 5th, which is um, Helen Pye, who is one of the producers on the show, was based on Lane and she's married to a man named Dave Dave Rogowski. Yeah. So we all know about him. Their anniversary is November 5th. Mm -hmm. So when they got married, they were, you know, using that date as an homage to them, it seemed like, yeah. which I love. But yeah, we have them, and they're married at the end.
0: And I still don't know how I feel about them ending up together. Yeah, I'm glad they did. I think that for all of the lack of resolution we get in Roy's romantic life, we kind of get it from Lorelai. Someone had to, right? One of the Gilmore girls had to end up with her guy. Yeah, God, I wish it was Logan. All in all, when you break it down, I do kind of feel like their relationship, despite all the conflict, is a little more stale than their friendship. Their friendship had a lot of twists and turns. You never knew where it was going. The anticipation is always fun to watch. Yeah. It's very, very yummy.
1: I don't know how I feel. I I think I'm glad that they ended up together because I think that something we've talked about off pod is like if they hadn't ended up together, everyone would have been upset. Yeah. It would have felt so incomplete that like we went through this whole series with this couple who like was for, were friends for forever. The slow burn finally got together, broke up because of strange circumstances, mm-hmm. this time gap. If they didn't get together in the revival, everyone would have been upset. I also think I would have been upset. But, like, when I, like, really deep dive into their relationship, as we do Mm -hmm. on this pod, I still don't really
0: know how I feel about them. Yeah. I do love the sentiment of acknowledging their friendship and, like, recognizing it and celebrating it for what it is and what it was. Because it was a really good friendship. And whether it was fueled by feelings or genuine care for one another or both... It was still really fun to watch.
1: It was my favorite part of them, which is weird because, like, you're not an early seasons, girly. And I truly think that that's what lends itself to me not being quite so sure about Luke because season five and six Luke is not seasons one and two and three Luke. That's Luke at his best. And so, like, the seasons that I know Luke And, like, who is this man? Yeah. Why is she with him? And then I go back and watch the early seasons, and I'm like, but he's so great. Yeah. He's such a good friend. so I think that that, like, makes so much sense as to why I can't make up my mind, because where I love the show, I don't necessarily love Luke. Or their relationship,
0: yeah. And it's interesting, because Luke, for those first few seasons is in, like, this web of friendship that Lorelai's built on this show. Like, she is a friend and a neighbor to all, but it sort of starts with the fact that she and Rory have this relationship where they're more friends than mother and daughter, but then she's also got Suki, and she's this weird relationship with Michelle. She's got Luke. She's got the entire town kind of on her side. Like, friendship in this series is used very interestingly for two women – who are more like friends than mother and daughter. The friendships that they have outside of their relationship are very interesting to watch.
1: And it's interesting to look at Lorelai's friendships and how she builds them versus how Rory does. Mm -hmm. Because for two people who are more friends than mother and daughter, their friendships get built
0: so differently. And they lean on their friends for a lot of support that they can't find within each other. For very different reasons. And we'll have more to say on that next episode. Follow us on Instagram at Gilmore to Say Podcast and make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on now, as we will have a new episode out every Tuesday because we always have more to say.
1: And if you have more to say, find us on Patreon where you can support the pod, join our Gilmore Obsessed community, and access bonus episodes every month.